Well, friends, we get a chance to wrap up a really wonderful sermon series. Uh, by the way, we also prayed out Sharon Graves this morning at the 815 service. Sharon is returning to her missionary work in the Europe area, uh, Spain, and in some other countries. And she's going to be gone for about a month, and then she's going to come back. She continues to do her work stateside, so keep Sharon in your prayers. Also, keep supporting Sharon. She's always looking to add people to her team. And uh, we celebrated that today at the 815 service. Uh, so, friends, we are wrapping up a sermon series about faith and family. And we're talking about what can strengthen families in the name of God. Friends, we are living in a day and age where the culture and the world is pressing against families. And it's tougher than ever in these days to be a parent. It's tougher than other these days to be a mom or a dad. It's tougher than others to see a successful marriage. It's, it's a huge challenge sometimes as being a child in a household, growing up in broken homes and challenges that exist there. And so friends, we're not offering any shame. We're just offering grace and mercy. We're not looking back, but we're saying, God, what could you do in our lives today moving forward to strengthen whatever kind of family unit we find ourselves living in? And we've been doing so with a bold declaration, and it's been coming out of Joshua chapter 24, verse 14. And uh, Michelle's got it up there. Thanks. She probably had to do a reboot on that computer. That thing up there freezes every once in a while. Appreciate you guys. And, uh, and so we got Joshua chapter 24 and Ghost in the Machine at the same time. And, uh, and so Joshua 24, verse 14 reads this. It's a declaration, friends, and I want to read it out loud together. You ready? But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Friends, this is a declaration that we've been making for four weeks. This is something that's been imprinted on the DNA of my life ever since I was a child. I told you in the laundry room of the house that I grew up in, there was a placard there, and it just read that scripture. It's one of the first scriptures I was really ever introduced to and memorized, and it said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Friends, it was that word of God, and it was that attitude I saw displayed in my parents that set our household up as a child for a winning household of faith. And I celebrate with you today that my parents are still married and love each other to this day. Praise be to God. My, my brother, my sister, myself, we are, we are alive and well and blessed, and God has led us on this incredible journey, all because of the strengthening he brought in that household from his word. And so, friends, we've been looking at a scripture in Colossians, and we're going to take a look at a lot of chapter 3 in Colossians. I want to start you off in verses 18 to 20. This is going to look familiar to you, and uh, it's something that God has given us to kind of talk about his, really, his, his kind of bullet points, his cliff notes of what makes for a wonderful and healthy and strong family in the Lord. And then we're going to go backwards, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 17 in Colossians to see how Paul gets there as he writes this letter to the church at Colossae. So here's kind of Paul's writing, inspired by God, to talk about incredible households that win. He's talking about wives submitting to yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives as, and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. As I mentioned earlier, friends, it's kind of like God's cliff notes. It's kind of his outline. He talks about making sure that you have a strong, godly marriage as the foundation of a strengthening household where there's a mutual love and submission, where husband is submitting to wife and wife is submitting to the husband. And, and, and the young people that are in that family, the children that are being raised up are doing so in, in Christian love, the love of Jesus Christ that's been instilled in mom and dad. 
that mom and dad, to be the best parents we can possibly be, that we are instilled in and rooted in the love of Jesus Christ, that as a mom and a dad, our identity comes from Jesus Christ and not from our children. Our identity comes from the grace of God, raised from the dead, that's raised us up and not from our spouse. It comes from Christ alone, and when we find ourselves living that kind of life, we're able to give our best life to our children. As we offer loving discipline, as we offer incredible correction when our children stray, and oh, by the way, when our children teach us the way as well. Just mutual, loving relationship. And that's what I wanna talk to you about today. That's what Paul wants to talk to you about in the book of Colossians. We're gonna talk about a glue that holds households together. We're gonna really kind of wrap this whole thing up with one simple principle, one word that holds households together. So no matter what you're struggling with, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what your family makeup looks like, if you're forgetting things in your life and if you're forgetting what to say here or how to act there, if you're stuck and unsure of what to do, what to say, how to act, how to handle this situation, no matter your struggle, no matter what your family looks like, if you forget everything else, you go to the default. You go to God's rallying point for relationships. And that default is a four-letter word that starts with an L and ends with an E, and the middle two letters are O and V. Anybody know what that spells? You all pass basic English on Sunday morning here at church. Praise be to God. It's love, right? Love is God's default. Love is God's rallying point for any relationship and for any family. It is the love of God, not the conditionary, temporary love of the world. It is the unconditional, constant, and consistent love of Jesus Christ so that no matter your struggle, no matter what your family is dealing with, we know that the love of Jesus Christ can cover over all. It can cover over all of our struggles, all of our stresses, all of our trials, all of our uncertainties. We know this because the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, above all, above everything, over everything, all of your problems, everything, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Amen? The love of Christ will cover over a multitude of sins. So friends, with God's help, we are going to learn to love each other more deeply and therefore have more relationships that win for the kingdom of God. You can't go wrong with love, friends. Oh, the love of Jesus Christ that he showed us on the cross to cover over our sin is a love that we can bring into our life to care for anything that we might face as an individual or for sure that our family might be facing or dealing with. Now let's go to the backstory. Remember, we just read Colossians chapter 3, verses 18 to 20. I want to take you before that, before Paul writes this word to families about wives and husbands and children and raising children and raising families and not becoming discouraged, but, but, to, but to have winning households. Here's what he says that leads up to this, and we're going to go to verse 1 of Colossians chapter 3. You guys with me? You can tune into the YouVersion Bible app. Uh, there's notes in there. You can go to the events section. All this scripture will be there. You can follow the screen. You can go to the QR code in front of you. It'll all pop up on your phone. Let's do this together, okay? Starting in verses 1 to 4, the Bible reads, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. I want you in your mind to underline things above. You can do that in your Bible if you want to or on your phone where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above. There it appears again. Not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Friends, who wants to be hidden in Christ today? 
I mean, friends, I, there's, there's days where I just want to hide from work. I want to hide from the world. I want to hide from responsibility. I want to hide from being a dad. I want to hide from being a husband. And God says, I'm going to give you strength to be able to do all those things, and you're not going to have to hide from all of those folk and those people. You just hide in me. And he said, I'm going to cover over you, kind of the picture of a, of a mama bird sitting in the nest, and you can barely see the chicks underneath the mama bird sticking their little heads out, just covered over and cared for. Friends, we are hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, underline that, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Friends, if you want an incredible life, if you want a strong and fruitful family, we're not going to be looking to the things of the world for answers to strong families and households. No, according to God's word, we're going to be looking to Jesus. We're going to be looking to things above. You see, God loves us so much that he gave himself as a penalty for our sin, to die on the cross for our sins. We know that's what Jesus did, and that his blood, his love covers over all of those sins because love covers over a multitude of sin, the Bible says. And so when you confess and when you believe in the name of the Lord, whether you're in this house or you're watching online today, if you confess and you believe in the name of the Lord, the Bible says you become a child of God. God knows your name. When you give your heart to him, then you are raised with Christ from the dead, you are raised to heaven with the resurrection of the power of God, and you are seated at the right hand of God the Father with Jesus himself. And therefore, we have the loving power in our life to be raised above any kind of concerns or struggles that we might experience in this world, including the struggles and challenges of marriage, including the struggles and challenges of divorce, including the struggles and challenges of parenting, including the struggles and challenges of a rebellious child, the challenges that raise a family, growing up in a broken home, any of those things can be covered in the love and the blood of Jesus Christ. And we're seeking the power of the Holy Spirit to show us a way, to show us a better way, to show us God's way towards living and loving as godly households. So let's go on to verse 5 in Colossians chapter 3. Remember, this is all a precursor uh, before we get to uh, wives submit to your husbands, husbands love your wives, children obey your parents. That, that cliff notes peace. He goes on, he says, he says, therefore, therefore we need to put to death. We need to put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. What does that mean to put to death? That means Christ died and took our sin problem to the grave, and therefore we're going to take our sin problems and we're going to put them to death as Christ is dead. Our sin, the power of sin, has died with Christ. And so whatever belongs to your earthly nature, put to death, therefore, which includes but not limited to sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. He goes on, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. He says, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self. In other words, we are putting to death the old self. We are taking off the old self, the old set of clothes with its practices, and we are putting on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of its creator, Jesus Christ, all in the love of God. So friends, from this we can gather a couple of thoughts. First of all, healthy families learn to strip away the old self. Healthy relationships learn to strip away the old self. Healthy relationships learn to take the old clothes and change into some brand new ones. And we're going to talk about that for a little bit. To take the old ways of the human nature and put it to death. 
put to death the temptation of the flesh, put to death the sin that so easily entangles us, that we used to walk in, that we used to wear, the clothes we used to wear before we found Jesus Christ. We're taking off those old filthy rags and we're putting it in the laundry basket of Christ, washed in his blood. Friends, there is a Holy Spirit washing machine. And it's not necessarily filled with water, but it's filled with the blood of Jesus Christ that wants to wash away all the sin in our life, all of the ugliness, all of the hatefulness, all of the anger, the malice, the greed, the the, the sexual impurities of the world that he talked about. And friends, God wants us to be washed in the blood. And in doing so, we're gonna put on the new self. We're gonna put on a new set of clothes, a new identity made in the image of God. But friends, this is a daily process of renewal, of shedding sin and taking on his holy character to redeem God's purposes in us. And so we're gonna rid ourselves of several things. Now, he mentions a lot of, a, a lot of stuff here, but I just kind of categorize it down into three major categories. He talked about sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. So let's just put that all under one thing that we need to rid ourselves of, that we are, are putting to death, and that is sexual impurity. For us and for our households, we're putting to death sexual impurity. You see, the enemy wants to destroy you by perverting a gift that God has given you. And God says when it comes to sexual immorality, he says to flee. In the Bible, as a matter of fact, it says, above all other sins, pay attention to sexual sin and sexual impurity because every other sin is committed outside the body, the Bible says, but sexual impurity and sin is committed inside the body. And then the Bible goes on to references that our body is a temple of the what? Our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, is a temple of the Lord. And God says, if the enemy is gonna attack you and destroy you, destroy your marriage, destroy your family, confuse your children, trip you up and pull you off God's path, he's gonna use sexual impurity to do so. And friends, we have a culture that continues to press against families and individuals in these areas. Our culture has become so hypersensitive to human sexuality that we're desperate to normalize the sin that comes with that. We find ourselves grooming children, that anything goes. At early and a very extreme ages, early ages of children, they're pressed to explore sexuality, how they identify, what their preferences are. We're, we're, we need to talk to our children about sexual purity. We need to have these conversations. We need to talk to our children about saving themselves for Christian marriage between one man and one woman. We need to talk to them about their identity is in Christ, not in their sexuality that God's perfect design as male and female is what he's given us as a gift. It's a biblical view that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit and sexuality and expressions of it and its intimacy and the gift that God has given to us is to be saved for the covenant of Christian marriage. And parents and grandparents, if you need resources to help you with those conversations because they're tough ones to have, James Dobson, Focus on the Family, those are some of the best resources that I've used when we've raised our children and having those tough conversations. But friends, if the enemy's gonna attack us anywhere, he's gonna do it with sexual impurity, and we have to do everything we can to keep our households pure in the Lord. So then he goes on in Colossians chapter 5, verse 10, he says, put to death, therefore, anything which is greed, of greed or idolatry. And so greed, I would say, as the second thing we need to put to death is, is self-focus, is self-focus. We gotta take the focus off of ourselves and our self-serving attitudes that seek to gratify our fleshly desires, that seek to gratify ourselves at the expense of family members or our marriage or our parenting. And we've gotta gotta get past ourselves and serve our spouse, serve our marriage, serve the children that we're raising. And children, we gotta serve the parents that are raising us. And we find ourselves serving one another first 
Oh, friends, then that's a formula for winning households. But you see, households that are full of self-focus, self-emphasis, full of greed, will never survive. They'll implode, they'll split, they'll, they'll, they'll break up because, friends, the very nature of the love of Jesus Christ gives itself away. And when we learn to give ourselves away to our spouse and our children and the relationships, oh, friends, there's no telling what the Holy Spirit can do there. And so we're putting to death, therefore, sexual impurity. We're putting to death, therefore, self-focus. And then he also talks here about also, you must rid yourselves of such things as anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language and, and, and lies that you tell each other. So let's just categorize all that into acting harshly. We need to put to death, therefore, acting harshly and treating other people harshly. And so we're going to strip away the lies, the unwholesome talk. We're going to strip away the gossip. We're stripping away speaking negativity to others and, 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 and being angry and offering hurtful things and thoughts and actions, words and deeds. We're not going to tear each other down. Spouses, we're not going to pick each other apart. We're not going to use language that dishonors God and other people. We're not going to live irritated, and nor are we going to embitter our own family members. The Bible warns against that. Because why? Because we are raised up with Christ and we are stripping away the old self and we are putting these things to death therefore. Who's willing to put all this stuff to death? Who's ready to do that? Who's ready to do that in their households? To put sexual immorality to death in our households? To put self-focus and self-emphasis to death in our households? To put acting harshly to death in our households? I'm ready, friends. I know you are. So in Colossians chapter 3, let's keep going into verses 12 to 14. Because you're like, well, Pastor John, up until this point, Paul is, is telling us what not to do in our households, telling us what to put to death. He's talking about, here's the old stinky clothes that we need to take off. Well, what, what do we put on? Well, let's talk about that. He goes into verse 12 of Colossians chapter 3. He says, therefore, he started verse 5 with put to death, therefore. Now here he says, therefore, again. Now anytime in Scripture you see, what, uh, you see a therefore, you need to look a little bit further to see what the therefore is there for. Amen? And so that's what we're doing here. We're putting all these pieces together. He says, therefore, as God's chosen people, you see, you're going to put to death all of this stuff that the enemy wants in your life, but therefore, because we're God's chosen people, because we're holy and dearly loved, we're going to clothe ourselves with compassion. We're going to clothe ourselves with kindness and humility, gentleness and patience. We're going to bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. We're going to forgive as the Lord has forgiven us. And oh, by the way, over all of these virtues, we're going to put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. What's the rallying point for Jesus Christ in the family? It's a four-letter word. It's love. He says, above all else, all of these virtues are under the auspices of love. If you forget everything else, he says, I'm going to Dr. Seuss you. I'm going to make this real simple. I'm going to give you one letter, a one word, one statement sentence. It's love. You just rally to love. And so according to this, he talks about clothing yourself. Clothing yourself with these qualities. I just had a chance to do a wedding yesterday. I actually shared this scripture with them. I, I typically share this scripture at every wedding that I do, talking about how to have healthy and wonderful godly relationships. And God gives us the formula here in verses 12 to 14 in Paul's writing in Colossians chapter 3. And he's talking about putting on clothes. Well, it's a real easy metaphor when you're at a wedding because don't you wear special clothes at a wedding? You guys remember that? Ladies, those of you that are married, when was the last time you wore the wedding dress that you wore at your marriage? Never. It's sitting in mothballs, probably at mom and dad's house, right? 
And, but you, you're never going to put that on. You're never going to have that moment again. You're wearing that special set of clothes. Guys, when was, honestly, when was the last time you wore a tuxedo? I'm talking about the whole deal, right? Tuxedo. Well, probably the last time you were in your own wedding or somebody else's wedding, right? I mean, that's the last time I put on a tuxedo. We put on very special clothes to signify a very special moment. God bringing together one woman and one man in the covenant of Christian marriage, inviting God, asking God to take over that relationship and to guide and to lead. And in that moment, I said to them, friends, we are clothing ourselves in these qualities and characteristics that God has given us. And so what we discover is that what we wear matters. Can we say that? Can we be honest? What we wear matters. This is God's message for the family. This is what he's writing to as a precursor to wives submitting to your husbands, husbands loving your wives and children, obeying your parents and, and, and fathers treating your children well. What we wear matters. You see, in Christ, we are taking off the old clothes. We are putting to death, therefore, the sin in our life. And we're putting on a brand new set of clothes and we're paying careful attention to what we're putting on before we go out in public. We're going to put on, uh, 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 pay careful attention to what we're going to put on before we interact with the family. We're not throwing on any old attitude. We're not throwing on any old set of words. We're not throwing on any old set of habits. No, we are intentionally clothing ourselves in the blood of Jesus Christ and the righteousness of God, not just a one-act experience. It's a daily putting on. We're putting on one leg at a time, the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. We're putting on one leg at a time, godly attitudes and actions in our life. We're covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. Let me show you how this works. Every morning when you wake up, I hope this is your routine. I'm hoping and praying for all of us. That you get up and the first thing you do, you probably do your business, and then you go over to the mirror and you start to go to work, right? You start brushing your teeth, you start combing your hair. First of all, you probably take a shower. Some of you shower at night, that's fine. You take a shower, you get yourself all primped up, get your hair looking good, guys shaving, right? And, uh, and you, you get all the stuff to cover all the odors of your body. Again, you're brushing the teeth, deodorant, and you're ready for culture and society. But before you do all that, you put on a fresh set of clothes, don't you? Right? And you do all that to the thanks of the rest of our culture and world. Everybody says thank you when you do that. Everybody appreciates that. When we get ourselves cleaned up physically, when we're ready, we're fresh and new, we're ready, we're smelling good, we got our, we got our hair combed, we're, we're ready to show up to the world. It's a daily routine, it's a habit. And guess what? You're gonna repeat that again tomorrow morning and the morning after that and the morning after that, every single morning. It's a daily intentional action. And so when God says to clothe yourselves, it's not a one-time deal, it's a daily habit and it ought to be the first thing that you do in the morning before you interact with anybody. Before you show up to your family, before you show up to work, before you get on the road behind the wheel of your car, before you greet the dog, you better be dressed and clothed in the righteousness of God and Jesus Christ, and you better be covered in the blood of the Lamb. You want to know why? Because everybody in the world will thank God that you've done that. Everybody will be better off and be blessed. You're gonna get up and get cleaned up in the Lord. You're gonna get his word and in his word every single day. It's not just a one-time thing, it's a daily habit. It's a thing you do before you interact with anybody. You're gonna get in his word, you're gonna pray, you're gonna confess your sin to him, you're gonna seek his help for the day. You're gonna say, God, I need your guidance and strength for this day. And you're putting on the new self, one pant leg at a time, every single morning, every day. Because if you don't, your family is gonna experience you with old, stinky clothes, and nobody wants that at the family. Or, even worse yet, 
Your family and the rest of the world is going to experience the full humanity of you. You're going to be walking around naked, fully exposed with all of your humanity out there and your human nature because you have not covered yourself that day in the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ. And when we cover ourselves in the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ, all of a sudden we're made right with God and we discover the pathway to right living with other people. Oh, friends, we got to get dressed in the Lord every single day. It is a daily clothing ourselves in Jesus Christ and putting to death, therefore, that old set of clothes that goes into the hamper, into the laundry room, and ready for us the next day, coming back fresh and new. And so what does he say about that? He says in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14, he says, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, and bear with each other. Clothe yourselves with forgiveness. So let's talk about that, getting dressed in the Lord with compassionate care that you see the needs of your family members and you're moved to do something about those needs that you see, just like the God of Israel, our God, the Lord our God was moved when he saw his children living under the thumb of Pharaoh in Egypt. And you remember what he said to Moses? He says, you go down there and you pass along a message for me. You just tell Pharaoh, it's time to let my people go because I've seen their plight. I've seen their brokenness. And because I love them, I am stirred to do something about it. And that moment ultimately let left to, to, uh, uh, led to uh, God sending his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to the cross to die for those of us to be set free, all of us to be set free, as those children of Israel were set free from the grasp of Pharaoh's clutches, friends. Oh, we got to have a compassionate care, a compassionate care that is moved to do something about the needs of our family. That's why my wife, Erin, spends hours and hundreds of miles on a regular basis, almost monthly, driving our two daughters down to Cincinnati Children's Hospital and back because it's what they need. And so we put miles on the car, we fill, we, we fill up with fuel at the pump, and we take the time out to do that. She does all that because of her compassionate, loving care for her daughters. And friends, when we have that kind of attitude in our families, all it leads to winning households. With God's help, we're going to work in our households to remove any barriers for our family to be completely set free and to be able to live the abundant life. That's our goal and our role as parents and as grandparents, to alleviate any barriers as much as we can towards to be set free and to live abundantly. So then second thing we're going to do is kindness. He says, compassion and kindness. Compassionate care, acts of kindness. You're going to speak life-giving words. You're, you're going to encourage one another with the truth in love. You're going to lift up your family members with words like, I love you, and with actions that say, I love you. You're going to express love with your actions. The dishes need to be done. I'll get it. The laundry needs to be folded. I'm there. You need to make a trip to the store. I've got it. Can you imagine the family beating each other up on the way to doing the dishes? Can you imagine husbands and wives and kids like shoving each other? We, we, we do all kinds of fun games in our house, so we wrestle all the time, and we're, we're, we're trying to beat each other to the door, this, this, and that. Can you imagine beating out your family member to get out to mow the lawn or to rake the leaves or to go out and get the mail or to haul so-and-so off to wherever they need to go? Can you, can you imagine the acts of kindness that would transform your family? We're going to be kind with our family. And thirdly, we're going to have humble attitudes. We're going to put others' needs in front of our own. When you have a marriage that is laying itself down and propping up the other person, that's a winning marriage. And it's going to flow into the rest of the family, each person considering the other more important than themselves. And one of the best ways that you can do that is make room in your schedule. Schedule changes, scheduling conflicts, they always come up. And so we're going to have a humble attitude about that. We're going to make other people in our family a priority. And we're going to be gracious to adjust that schedule and to go ahead and say, okay, I have my mind set on this, but okay, we can adjust to that because it's what's best for the family. Just simple places, friends. Fourthly, he says, I want you to put on gentleness and patience. Fourth and fifthly, actually. So we need a heart of gentleness and a heart of patience. And so men, 
I want to talk to you for a second. Men, we can be harsh and abrasive as we're constantly taking the hill and getting things done and speaking the truth in as few words as possible. Am I describing some men in the room here today? Right? And so we can come off kind of abrasive and harsh. We can come off as a bull in a china closet or china shop, my mom used to say, with our family members. And so we got to get dressed in the Lord intentionally to soften our rough edges. And we got to get dressed in gentleness. Now, ladies, God would say, you need to get dressed in patience because the man in your life and your children are going to need your patience. The men and children in your life are going to mess up. They're not going to get it right. And they need to know that everything is going to be okay, that he's not blown it for good. And we're going to figure this out together. We're gonna figure this out together. And so then he goes on to say, ultimately at the end, you need forgiveness, the forgiveness that is God has shown you, the forgiveness God shows you. So we forgive because God forgives us. We put on his grace and his blood that has washed away our sin, that's made us right with him, and therefore helps us be better with other people. There's gonna be arguments. There's gonna be disagreements. See, he says, he says, bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. It's gonna come. It's gonna happen. Arguments and disagreements are gonna happen. But because we're not running around naked without the blood of Jesus Christ, we're not gonna be surprised. We're dressed in God's grace. We're not gonna hold grudges. We're not gonna allow bitterness to settle in. We're gonna learn to forgive our spouse and maybe the unhelpful thing that they said. I say a lot of unhelpful things from time to time to Aaron, in front of Aaron or to Aaron, and she is so gracious, and she just shakes her head and, and, and just uh, you know, walks by most of it. Praise be to God. Uh, or the child that's not following directives like they should be. And God's gonna give grace to that moment. Parents, you wanna teach forgiveness? You wanna rattle your household? You want a winning formula? then go to your children and apologize. Apologize to your children. Apologize in front of your children. Grandparents, apologize to your grandchildren. Apologize to your children in front of your grandchildren. It will transform a household because it will teach that even mom and dad are not perfect. It will teach that mom and dad understand the gracious nature of God and that mom and dad are willing to come and make amends and to seek forgiveness. And that empowers that child or that grandchild to live a different way because they see mom and dad practicing what they're preaching. And all of a sudden they discover the love of Jesus Christ because of a forgiving mom and dad that not only forgives what that child is messed up in, but is willing to open their heart and go to their child to say, you know what, I mess up too. I got this wrong. Nothing will transform a house faster then when you have loved ones going to another and apologizing, and it opens eyes. If we're willing to be quick to listen and slow to speak and to become angry, the Bible says, we can let the grace of Jesus Christ fall afresh all over ourselves and our households. But over all these things, friends, we're gonna put on love. We're gonna put on love. If you forget everything else, if you're stuck or unsure what to do, if you feel like you're blowing it, you're gonna go to the default. You're gonna go to the rally point. You're gonna go to the glue that binds the family together. You're gonna go to love because that's what he says in scripture. He says, and over all these virtues, the virtues of compassion and kindness and humbleness and gentleness and patience and forgiving, over all these virtues, the Bible says, we're gonna put on love, which binds them all together to perfect unity. If we're stuck, if we feel like we're blowing it, we're gonna turn to love. Not any old love, but the unconditional, unrelenting, sacrificial love of Jesus Christ that lives in each and every one of us. You see, friends, what we wear matters. And so we're gonna wake up every day a new creation. We're gonna wake up every day getting dressed in a new set of clothes, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, and we're gonna allow God to raise us up in love. And if we're raised up in love that day because of that new set of clothes we have on, we're gonna be able to rise above any challenge or struggle or circumstance our families are going to face. 
Because, friends, at the end of the day, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. How about your household? Friends, we're going to do some action steps, and we're landing the plane, and we're done. Number one, what is your morning routine? What is your morning routine? I pray that for all of us, it starts with the physical cleansing, and then by the grace of God, let's make sure it's a spiritual cleansing. Both will bless the populace you will be around that day, starting with your own family. Number two, put on one new article of clothing this week. What new attitude, what new habit, what new reality of the way you're gonna live? What do you need to put to death, therefore, and replace it with a brand new article of clothing in your relationship with your spouse or with your child or whatever it might be? Go ahead and do that. Number three, apologize to somebody in your family this week. Uh, There will be ample opportunity for you to do so. Trust me. Trust me, there will be. Take the opportunity. Apologize to your family member and see what happens. See how that changes the narrative in the moment. Let's pray. Lord God, we just give you all the glory, honor, and praise. We thank you for this day. We thank you for new members joining the church, Lord God. We thank you for the reminder of your blood that has been sacrificed on the cross, your broken body that's been given all for us. Lord God, we love you so much. We need you in our life. Guide us and lead us in all ways and in all things. Lord God, would you be with those people that are battling in Florida right now, just devastated, Lord God, bless them. Would you be with us as a church to continue to show us how to bless those that are in difficult spots? Lord God, would you glorify and honor yourself through the body of Christ here at Rolling Plains Church as you strengthen our households, as you strengthen marriages, Lord God, as you strengthen parenting, Lord God. Lord God, we give you glory, as I've already heard from a family in our congregation, that they're seeking reconciliation and healing in their broken marriage, Lord God, and they weren't doing that before the sermon series started. Lord God, we give you praise that that marriage may be healed and may be reconciled. And we're praying, Lord God, somebody tuning in here today or listening here live or, or, uh, or, or here in person or on the internet, Lord God, that they're, they're ready to say, you know what, I'm not gonna step forward into that divorce. I'm not gonna step forward into that adulterous moment. I'm gonna go back, I'm gonna reconcile. Lord God, I know you wanna speak into the hearts of people that have been through brokenness of divorce, the people are, that are single parents that are battling and struggling. Lord God, we pray in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, that you would lift the shame that you lift the burdens and barriers from that, that we won't be turning back and looking backwards, but we're looking forward, Lord God, on how we can grow better each day in you. We're not looking back. We're not allowing the enemy to shame us or to tear us down or to take us down, but we're making decisions today to seek you to strengthen our household. No shame, Lord God, only love, only grace. Show us how to do it together, Lord God. Somebody needed a word today, Lord God. Somebody needed to be encouraged today, Lord God. Somebody needs to come down to this altar here today during this closing song and seek prayer, seek healing, seek anointing on their forehead in the power and presence of your spirit, Lord God. Come, Holy Spirit, come and fall on us. It's in your name we pray, amen. So friends, the invitation is, is yours. I wanna invite you to stand right where you are. We're gonna sing this closing song. And uh, in doing so, we're going to have members of our prayer ministry team uh, available in the front to pray with you, to anoint you with oil, to pray over a marriage, to pray over parenting, your household, any burden that you have, whatever it is. Come on forward and let's seek the Lord together.